Welcome to Midweek Motivation from the Run the Riot Podcast. Guys, real quick on Midweek Motivation this week, we got something a little bit different. I actually have a guest. Uh, Her name is Sarah Morrison, and uh, you'll get to hear a little bit about her and her background, Uh, but she's got some words of motivation for you and for me, and uh, really just talking about how we can use some of the things that we learn in running in our in business and in our daily lives, and she talks about you know some of the things she uses to encourage others. So check it out. So, Sarah, uh, thank you for taking time today to to chat with me on the Run the Riot podcast. I appreciate you uh, being here, and um, uh, like everybody else, I think you're you're working from home too. Yes, I am. I appreciate uh, the the offer to come on, and I've actually been working from home for about three years. So, oh, okay. Just me being at this desk is the same. The the difference of my husband also being here, and and everybody being from home is has been a shift, but. Um, it's less of a shift for me than it has been for other people, for sure. Gotcha. So you, you're in a you're in Atlanta area. Yes, I live in a suburb just outside the city. Okay. How, how are things are going? How are things going out there right now? As far as you know, um, sheltering in place and and everything, it's going okay. Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. We luckily had you know a decent amount of of food and, and toilet paper back when the rush happened about. <laughs> Five or six weeks ago, um, we are at the point now where we need to go to, you know, the dollar store, the gas station, somewhere other than the supermarket to try to find some toilet paper. Um, <laughs> but it, it hasn't been too bad. We live, um, you know, in an area that has a lot of sidewalks. It has a lot of neighborhoods. And so people are able to still get outside, you know, walk their dogs, ride their bikes, um, go for runs. And it hasn't been too bad. It's definitely a bummer that all the parks are closed. We yeah. live close to the Chattahoochee River. It's a big spot for all the runners, and they closed the the parking lots there, and you know barricaded the sides of the road so people couldn't park on the side yeah. of the there. Um, so everybody who lives close enough to run to the trails is fine. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah it, it's been a big it's been a big adjustment. I'm thankful that a lot of our, our areas that we can run on here and I'm in the Tulsa area and we're able to still get, you know, get some miles in. And um, and, the, you know, the parks, most of the parks, I think, are open, but all the playground equipment is roped off or, you know, you know, which is understandable. I understand that. But um, anyway, it's interesting times we're living in. And I think um, one of the reasons one of the things reasons I do this podcast is to, to encourage and motivate others and. And especially now, you know, a lot of people, um, when we get out of our routine and, um, people, people struggle. And so, you know, try to, trying to give people, uh, positive things to, to listen to and some encouragement. And so that being said, let's get to know you a little bit more. Um, are you from Georgia originally? Uh, so sort of, um, I live, I've lived here the vast majority of my life, but I was born in Louisiana and then lived in a couple of Midwest states um, before we moved to Georgia when I was four. So I really think of myself as being from Georgia, but um, but I lived, you know, three other places before we moved here. 
Okay, well, I have to ask because I was I was born raised well I was raised and grew up in Louisiana. You'll hear the accent come out a little bit every now and then. <laughs> what, what what part of Louisiana uh, were you born? Uh, Lafayette. Oh, that's that's where I moved to Tulsa from in Lafayette. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, I don't remember yeah. it at all. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you need to go back because the food is just amazing. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Well, um, so. Uh, all right. So. So Georgia, most of your life and um, and you started you come from a running family, it sounds like. Yes. So my dad ran at um, Taylor University when he was in college. Um, my mom has has always, you know, been been a runner in terms of for exercise. Um, my dad was coaching cross country at Truett McConnell College when we moved to Georgia. So my sister and I grew up with <clears throat> like having the runners over for, you know, spaghetti dinners and and pizzas and working the T-shirt booth at, at cross country races, you know, probably not actually helping that much. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so, you know, my sister ran cross country, uh, in middle school. So it was just kind of, you know, assumed that's what I would do as well. Um, and then I just really loved it. I, I ran cross country in, you know, middle school, high school, ran, ran track in high school, and then, um, you know, wanted to pursue that for college. I went to Barry college and, you know, on at that time, when they, they had athletic scholarships, you know, on an athletic scholarship because I wanted to be a, a runner at the collegiate level. Um, nice. So it's been a part of my life for for a long time now. Well, so so when you when you first started running, did you I mean, you sounds like it was I mean, your running family kind of almost expected of you. But then you said you you loved it. So you kind of made it your own. Right. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I I can actually remember the very first time I went running with my older sister. Um, we lived we're we're from northeast Georgia, where there are hills and mountains. You know, Appalachian Mountains everywhere. Um, so our neighborhood was pretty hilly, and we just did this short loop. I don't even know if it was a mile or what, but I just remember thinking that like my entire body was on fire, um, and my feet were on fire. I was so hot. It was probably in the summer. It was probably, you know, at 2 p.m. in the afternoon or something. So I, that run did not go well. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but then I loved it when I actually started running, you know, for the, for the team and, and having practice and, and having that community. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I had some, like, top 10 finishes in middle school, and I'm definitely motivated by success. And so – um, I think, you know, being decent at it for, for that age and for that time certainly helped me like it more. And then when I got into high school, like that was, you know, my my group of people for sure. We would uh, for a break, we had like a 15 minute break in the morning that was your, your free time. Um, and a bunch of us on the team would just go hang out in our coaches classroom and just you know talk about running or, or whatever um and so that was kind of runners are just kind of weirdos you know um yeah <laughs> and that that was my group of people um and that that atmosphere continued into college you know the the Barry alumni group there are a decent amount of us that live in the Atlanta area and we still get together and you know run we have weird traditions like celebrating Christmas in October. Um, you know, different people host that every year. Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, that's, that was, I kind of like found my group of, of people and that has, 
has been the the big sticking point for running is that even when, you know, even right now when I'm not really training at all, I'm like barely running right now, but I still have, you know, a group of running friends and we have connections that extend past the fact that we liked the same sport and participated in it together. You see, that's, that's so cool. Cause I didn't start running until, until an adult, you know, the only running I did as a, as a wrestler was cause I, you know, I was either in trouble or, or we were doing wind sprints after, but I, I, um, I, I hate that I didn't get to experience a lot of that, you know, um, yeah, I read the book once a runner, you know, yes. I don't know, you've, you've probably read that too. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I missed all that stuff, you know, <laughs> so it's, you know, so it's really cool. But as, even as an adult, you know, you, you, I guess you gravitate toward your tribe. And, um, I really, you know, we, a lot of trail runners and ultra runners that I hang out with and, and, and yeah, we're all weird. We're all quirky and, and have our, our stuff, you know? And, uh, but that's, that's, that's really cool. So you got to, uh, what was your, what was your distance? I mean, what did you, what was your, or what did you like the most? And then what did you end up running? Cause I know sometimes you get made to run something that's not exactly what you like the most. Yes. So I was very much, um, a 5k runner, when it came to track so cross country uh, for women's cross country in college is either 5k 6k um and so you know getting used to the weird 6k distance um was an adjustment but it's now looking back it's like it's so similar to a 5k it's not that different um but then for track our track team at the time i was at barry was actually just the cross country team um we didn't have jumpers or throwers they have a full track team now Um, So we did anything from the 800 up to the 10K, Um, but I just really only liked the 5K. Um, I know my senior year, my coach was like going through the meets with me and we were talking about the the different races I would run. And he was like, well, you know, at this meet, you could do the 10K. And I just said, no, (laughs) I don't want to do I don't want to do the 10K on the track my senior year of college. I just want to do as many 5Ks as possible. Um, And then. Barry actually was an NAIA school my freshman year, and they transitioned to NCAA D3 after that. And in the NAIA, during track season, you can qualify and compete in nationals at the marathon. Um, and so I came into a team culture that had um, you know, a half marathon every winter to try to qualify people for the nationals marathon at the end of the semester. Um, and when you transition into the NCAA, you have to go through three years of essentially ineligibility. So oh, wow. we got to compete at nationals my freshman year for cross country and then not a, anything else for the rest of my college experience because we weren't eligible. Oh, um, man. So we just kept that 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 kind of half marathon at the beginning of spring semester marathon half for most of us at the end of the spring semester. So my roommate and I trained for the marathon our last semester of college as well. Cause like you, I wanted to run a really fast 5k, but there was no trying to make it to nationals. I would not have qualified anyway. I was not fast enough. Um, but you know, the, the end of our season was the, um, Nashville country music marathon, like the week before graduation. And so we did marathon training while also <laughs> trying to run really fast 1500s and 5k's. Nice. Now, well, how how was you had done a half marathon? So that was your first marathon as a, as a senior in college. How how did how did your I don't know how did that feel for you? How was that a, different? 
So it actually, I think that doing that much volume actually made me a really good 5K runner. Um, I ran, I ran my fastest 5Ks in college that semester yeah. um, while doing, you know, up to 22, 23-mile long runs, um, which was very different. We usually did, you know, 13 to 15 miles for a long run. And so I, I think I got a lot of confidence for that. I can remember running with Jen, my roommate, and I think we had a couple track races left. And I was like, do you, do you, like, we're about to pay a big price, right? We're, we're going to take all this fitness we've built and we're going to cash it in on the marathon. And then we're going to be toast for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, however long it takes us to recover. Like, is it worth it? Um, but of course it was. And we did it. Um, the marathon itself, I, I mean, I don't know how you prepare for your first marathon. Um, I think you could prepare a little more academically than I did because I, I mean, I did what most people do and I went way too hard for the first half and the last eight miles were pretty miserable, but, um, but yeah, I think the, the training for it was really just, we did the same speed workouts we were doing for track season, but instead of doing, you know, an hour 45, two hours for a long run, we were doing significantly longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and, and yeah, that's a lot of people's experience in, in running a, a, a marathon. There's something about the starting line and, you know, when you're doing a 5k, it, what? Well, and I tell people, you know, when, when I, when I do run a 5k and I was like, I, the 5k's hurt, you know, oh, yeah. still, cause you're the intensity, you know, you're just that much more intense in the pavement and they, they, they hurt. But, um, in a, in a marathon when, you know, the, I don't know. The first first mile is always a liar, you know, and you go out way too fast and usually, yeah, pay the price. <laughs> so right. there's there's lessons in that, too. So <laughs> but um, so um, so you did that through college. And so you're did you find yourself um, were you a pretty disciplined trainer? Did you find, you know, with, when the coaches handed out, here's what you need to run? Uh, I mean, obviously, you this was optional to do the marathon and, you know, you were cranking out 22 mile long runs. So you found yourself just in general, a pretty disciplined person. Absolutely. I am disciplined, I would say to a fault, which I think runners have, have that tendency as well. I know I, I had some injuries my freshman year due to being in the wrong type of shoes, which we found out much later. Um, but I know Paul, our coach at one point said, Sometimes I just want to like send you on an errand that's going to make you miss practice to try to make you <laughs> run or like some, something like that. Um, yeah, we're definitely the type that if if there was ever a day where we had some sort of like fun day at practice, practice, it would be like, OK, so are, are we making up the mileage later this week or, you know, how, how am I going to hit this? Yeah, yeah. That's definitely my personality. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Instead of in, in, enjoying it, taking it easy. And uh, yeah, I, I had a coach when I was training for my first marathon and uh, I told her, I was like, make sure that whatever you, she would send me a spreadsheet and I'm a spreadsheet guy, you know, I'll do my training, all that. Yeah. And I said, make sure that that's what you want me to do, because if it's on there, I'm doing it, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> I can relate hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, so you graduate, what did you go to college for? I uh, got a degree in economics. Nice. Okay. All right. So numbers. So yeah, you're all about the spreadsheets then. Yeah. <laughs> not not only in running. <laughs> got gotcha. you. Um, 
So now you are working for Praxis. Yes. And what do you do? What is your job title there? And what do, what do you what are your job responsibilities there? Yeah. So um, I'll explain what Praxis is first because I, yes. I think that's a that's a good context detail. Um, so we are an intensive six month boot camp. Um, we take entrepreneurial young people who want to self-direct their own education. They want to learn real, real world skills. Um, and we help them do that with a professional development boot camp. And then we actually um, guarantee them a full-time job offer at a startup at the end of the boot camp. Um, and so I'm the director of operations there and I do all sorts of things. Um, <laughs> I manage our database. So we have you know, all of our participants completing projects and tracking those. We have applicants applying to be in the, the program, moving them through you know, our sales funnel. Um, I interview applicants who wanna be in the program. Um, right now I'm specifically working who are in the placement process of the program. Um, so, you know, helping them finish their, their talent profile, helping them create pitches for different companies, um, you know, writing those follow-up emails, doing interview prep with them. Um, and then I do, you know, random tasks that, that are asked of me as well, you know, tracking different metrics, you know, finding different integrations so that we can try to streamline some of our processes. Um, that's, that's sort of a summary of, of what I do there. So you don't just point and direct operations. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. We're, we're yeah. a very small team. So every there's, there's really nobody who points and directs. It's everybody rolls up their sleeves every day. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, so, and you've been there, what, uh, three, three years, three and a half years. Yep. I started at the end of 2016. Okay. So evidently you, you, and from our conversation, because, um, um, someone you work with uh, recommended you for the podcast, evidently you do talk about running and evidently you, yes. you know, when you're motivating, when you're coaching, uh, it comes out as, as, you know, a lot of, uh, what you use and, and we both know from, you know, from, from running and, um, and also you know, working out in the real world, running is what we do for, for fun and setting those goals. There's a lot of crossover and um, a lot of lessons that that we can take and put into those, you know, into our daily lives and into our employment. And so, I mean, for you and and where you're working, you're trying to encourage people, you're trying to, to you know, grow people and help them to find, I guess, their potential their potential, you know, in, in your work, what are some of the things that, I mean, that you've learned in running, growing up in a running family and going through all that you've gone through? And what are some of those things that you, um, I guess those top things that you share with them to, to try to encourage them and try to bridge that gap between where they are and where they, they can be? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest one, when it comes to the job hunt that I think a sports especially running metaphor works well for is that, you know, doing the bare minimum doesn't get you this outcome of excellence. Um, so when you're trying to get a job, just shotgunning your resume out to every single, you know, opportunity that's open, you know, using the same cover letter where you just copy paste the correct company name, hopefully into it, that doesn't actually get you hired. Um, you know, that's not going to get you, um, you know, on top of a, a hiring manager's list of names. 
Um, so what we do with our placement process, with our boot camp, is you know we're talking about putting a lot of time and a lot of effort into building a talent profile. So instead of just saying you know bullet points of you know I worked at a grocery store, I stocked items, I checked people out actually taking the time to craft this compelling narrative about how you created value at your past jobs, um, showing your skills as opposed to just telling them. You know, our participants do demo videos of different software tools they know how to use. Um, mm -hmm. They do portfolio projects to show, you know, not only are they interested in sales, they tried to sell something, or not only do they like social media marketing, but they, you know, created, um, a brand and they, you know, tried running Facebook ads and they A-B tested things. They're, they're doing all of this work, which I would say a, an average Joe type person would say like, why are you doing that? Um, like, why are you spending so much time doing that? Um, we talk about sending value props when you're trying to, to get a job. If you want to be, you know, this marketing content creator at a company, create some content for them, send it to them for free and say, I just wanted to give this to you, whether you use it or not, totally up to you. But this is an example of what I can do as you work here. Um, you know, doing the research before an interview. So you step into an interview with somebody and know what's on their LinkedIn profile. You know how long they've been at the company. You know what job they had prior to that. Um, again, all of that is not the bare minimum. And I yeah. think I think people can get, you know, exhausted with the job search, especially because looking for a job is essentially a full time job and thinking if I have to put that much effort into every single opportunity, it's going to take, you know, it's going to take too long. I don't want that because everybody wants shortcuts. Um, yeah. But then if you relate that to running or, or sports, you know, but I always default to running. Yeah. Um, yeah. You wouldn't. Well, like I, w I wouldn't look at my own training and be like, okay, I'm running 20 miles a week, um, not doing any speed work, not doing any weights, not doing anything supplemental, you know, eating 10 pounds of cheesecake a week. Um, and I really want to run. I really want to PR in the 5K. Like if, I feel like if you if you framed it that way to someone, they'd be like, oh, well, of course that's unrealistic. Yeah. Um, and, you know. You have to do all of the extra stuff if you have those lofty goals and you have to be realistic with yourself about, you know, maybe I am OK not PRing, but I want to run, you know, let's say like a 21 minute 5K and figuring out the level of effort, the level of sacrifice you need to make to hit that and then being OK with it, because where people get disappointed is when their expectations are not matching up with the reality um, because their expectations are, are off from what is even possible. Yeah, that, that's, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good carryover, you know, I, I and I, I, I tell people, you know, like for marathon training, um, you either hurt in training or, you know, you're gonna, you might be able to slug out a, a marathon on minimal training, but it's, it's gonna hurt when you do the marathon. And like you said, you're not going to PR, you won't get, you know, the end result that, that you hope for. You can't expect to, to PR it if you're, you know, eating 10 pounds of cheesecake and running, you know, 20 something miles a week. Yeah. So that's, that's good. I, I, I like that. And I think, I think in today's culture, a lot of people are trying so hard to, to get by, uh, just 
just to, to do the bare minimum, you know, and that shotgun approach and, um, people that stand out in running are those that put the work in. Um, and same thing, you know, in, in life, when you put the work in people notice, um, so that's, that's awesome. That's, that's great. That's a good, uh, a, a good analogy. Uh, one of the things with running is, you know, it, you, you came from a team background, a team sport, you know, as a cross country team, but it's your time next to your name at the finish line and it shows the work you put in. And so when you're going out for a job, yeah, <laughs> you know, you get a good job if you put the work in. So that's awesome. Well, so, um, so as you're going through, you know, teaching, teaching these things, are there any other, um, any other big takeaways that you, that you have? Yeah, I think along the same lines, um, the recognition that being excellent requires sacrifice and not everybody in your life is going to understand that sacrifice and that's okay. Um, so we tell our participants coming in to the program because a lot of them do practice as, you know, they've dropped out of college or they're, they're foregoing college altogether. Um, and we tell them, you know, our, our boot camp takes 10 to 15 hours of your week. We have Monday night sessions. We have Wednesday night sessions. Um, and so they have to be prepared to make that sacrifice of, you know, your college friends might be doing, you know, 10 hours, 15 hours a week of classes and then 10, 15 hours a week of partying. I don't know. That wasn't yeah, my experience yeah. because I was running much. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, and someone might, you know, say like, hey, why don't you come out with us tonight? Or, hey, like, we're going to go play trivia at this uh, in times of not coronavirus. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're we're going to go play trivia on Wednesday nights. Do you want to be on our team? And being like, oh, I can't. I have this commitment to this program I'm doing. And we meet every Wednesday night. And that's just how it is. Um, and just like shaking it off if somebody gives you a hard time for being committed to something that you're trying to pursue excellence in. Um, there have been, you know, many of people who, you know, want you to do something late at night or, you know, after work. And back when I was training a lot, I turned down almost everything because it was like, oh, like I need to double today. And, uh, I got to get up at, at 6 a.m. tomorrow and, and run again. So I don't really want to go out for pizza right now. Um, yeah. You know, I, I always took Sundays off. So it was like, if I'm going to do something crazy, which I'm not a crazy person, it's like, I'm going to do that <laughs> on Saturday because I'm not going to run on Sunday. Um, but yeah, just like accepting the sacrifice that you've deemed worth it for the excellence you're trying to pursue. Um because people have different priorities and your priorities being different than someone else's or even different than the majority of the people you interact with is okay because it's about you going after the goals you have for yourself as opposed to just trying to, you know, pursue what anybody else is pursuing. Yeah. It, uh, it, a conversation I had with a, with a friend of mine um, in, from Lafayette, Louisiana, as a matter of fact, um, she was she was training for an ultra marathon and she had goals, you know, and, you know, she was looking at her training plan and looking at her life. I mean, she had a busy life, kids and, and a job and and a, a stress, you know, a lot. And but she, but she wanted to do this goal. And so she's like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I said, well, you're going to get out of it. You can get out of it what you put into it. And this is what it 
is required work of you if you want this goal. And so you're going to have to figure it out. And she, she's like, are, are you telling me, is this tough love? You're telling me I'm just going to have to suck it up and figure, yeah, you're going to have to suck it up and figure it out if that's what you want to do. And so that's, that's a, uh, you know, that's a life lesson, you know? Um, yeah, you got to make sacrifices sometimes. And, and you're right. People don't, and you know, I have family that don't always understand the training and the, you know, why I can't do certain things, but, um, I have goals. So yeah. that actually, <laughs> yeah. the, the tough love reminds me of this story that I used a lot to motivate myself in 2017 <laughs> when I was running probably the most of my career. Um, and it's stolen from another runner. It didn't happen to me, but she, uh, went to go see your physical therapist. And I think the, you know, the beginning conversation was, you know, have you been doing your exercises, you know, the foam rolling, the stretching, all the stuff. I assume they've talked about it past meetings. And she's like, Oh, you know, not as much as I should. And the physical therapist just looked at her and said, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you wanted to be fast. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, if, again, if you have those, if you have goals that require sacrifice of you, then commit to it and go for them. And if you don't have those goals, which is kind of how I deal with my running right now is I'm not making a lot of sacrifices because right now I've just decided it's not worth it. I will get back to it one day, but right now it's like managing, you know, job plus having a six month old and, and everything that comes with being a parent for the first time. I'm like, I'm not sure I want to add like that level of stress to my life right now. And so I'll run a few times a week and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's a health in, in evaluating all of it, you know, and, and right now, especially a six month old at home and, and things are just out. And I'm a, we, I'm a disciplined person. And so this lack of, um, normal life is killing me. I'm having to make sure I <laughs> try to schedule my time and, 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 and do, I still get up early and get my runs done. And that's the sacrifices that I'm willing to make right now for the things I'm doing is I'll, I'll get up early. And by the time I'm home is when everyone's getting up, you know, and but right. it's the goals I have right now. And it's a season. And, um, you know, you're at a season right now where you're you're working at a business and you've got a young one. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's break time, I guess, from the from the, the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I I had listened to the interview that your wife did for you on the podcast. So I know you get up at like four, four thirty in the morning. So I definitely have thought to myself, OK, like I could get up at five. I could pump. I could run, I could shower and be all done before the baby gets up. And then I'm like, but I don't think I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, and you have to have, and you know that if you have to have that, that desire and that goal and, right. and until, until that starts, you know, I have a feeling with, with your background, um, that fire will kind of start burning, you know, when it's, right. when you're ready. And that's when, that's when you'll, you know, start making those, those, sacrifice some sleep to, to get up and do it, you know? So how are, um, you know, right now with, um, so you're, you're just doing some, you know, maintenance runs and, and, and things like that. Do you, Oh, I have to bring this up because, um, because I've done the race twice and, and, and this is it in its core and ultra running podcast. So you got to, your dad did, um, Arkansas traveler, you said in 2015. Yes. Yeah. And, and you were able to, uh, you were able to crew him. And so what was your, um, what are your thoughts on, because, you know, I mainly do ultra ultra marathons and things like that. What were your thoughts on the seeing your dad 
the sacrifices he made and the things that he did to get there. And then, how, I mean, how did he do during the race? Did he did he get it done? Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay, um, good. His goal for that race and like that time of his life was to get under 24 hours. And I think he he either was just over or just under. He's going to be so mad. I don't remember. I'll look it up and put a footnote on the page. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he got he got that belt buckle that he was going for. I think I mean, I think he did get under 24. Um, but no, he did. He did great. That was my first time going to an ultra that he had done. Um, and it was so much fun. I, this was, you know, I was still doing a lot of road racing. I didn't do a lot of trail racing. I kind of haven't gotten to that part of my running career yet. Um, but just how nice everyone is in the ultra community blew my mind. Um, you know, nobody's like, trying to like pass each other on the trails and nobody's throwing elbows. It's if you like see somebody's <laughs> yeah. headlamp that you like, you stop and ask them what the brand is and that's considered normal. Yeah. Uh, also the, my other favorite memory of crewing is that I got my dad's minivan stuck in a ditch and some other crew members came with a chain and truck and pulled me out. <laughs> nice. I, I could see that happening at Arkansas Traveler. Some of those aid stations are, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> nice. And, and that's a, um, that's a beautiful thing about the, the, the ultra running trail running community is that camaraderie and, you know, you're racing. I, I race, you know, I try, I've won yep. some and I've done, but, but there's always uh you know, if somebody needs help, people come first you know and and uh that's that's a beautiful thing i have to ask do you i i know you're not doing a whole lot right now do you see down the road maybe you know something past uh, a marathon or 50k 50 mile or something like that in your future yeah i i think so just because again i'm i'm a creature of habit and also just looking at what my family has done um i think I can see my, you know, resume of running my career as I get older, you know, probably focusing on the marathon distance for a while. And then, you know, a 50K is not that different from a marathon. And it would, you know, be the intro into the trail world. Um, And trail, you know, kind of takes you back to your roots of of cross country if, if you started there. So it's definitely... Uh, something I think about. I'm not sure I'll ever do a hundred miler. Um, that is just, I didn't even know again until listening to your podcast that people did 200 and 300 mile races. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that makes hundred miler <laughs> sound like not that big of a deal. Well, there, there, there's, there, there aren't nearly as many of the 200 right. milers and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just, it's different. It's different. And I, I guess, um, you know, from my, my perspective, I just always want to be pushing and I'm getting older, uh, you know, and so, you know, speed's dwindling, but I can still, you know, just get out there and, and run and be in nature for a long time and enjoy it. And so, you know, it's just a season of life for, for, for some of us, you know, and you, right. you've just got to decide how far you want to go and how much time, how much you want to put into it, into the training and everything. Yeah. Uh, my, my dad has since retired officially from hundred milers. He still, you know, runs and rides his bike and, and does all sorts of stuff. But I think it was a year or two ago. He was like, well, I'm not going to do that long anymore. Nice. Nice. So, so, um, 
career wise um you you've put all this work in into running and you've you've got you went to college and um you've you've carried over just that that same discipline and stuff it sounds like in your work and you're encouraging others what do you see yourself like um because because you know you seem like a goal-oriented person Career-wise, in five years, what do you? What do you? What's your goal as far as your career? And um, yeah, I mean, what are you pushing for as far as that goes? You got a spreadsheet for that? <laughs> I, I don't. I should make one. Um, no. So I, you know, being a part of Praxis, being on a small team. Um, so I joined Praxis in 2016, and Praxis started in 2013 with its first class in 2014. Um, I've just like built so many things that exist now because I was on the team, um, that I'm excited to continue that, continue to grow, um, the company, you know, right now we have classes of participants that start each month anywhere from like five to 15 people. You know, our, our staff is six or seven people right now. Um, five years from now, I, you know, want to see, you know, hundreds, thousands of people going through Praxis, having a bigger staff and being able to, you know, continue to kind of be in more of like the leadership position of, you know, maybe I'm not rolling up my sleeves and, you know, executing all these tasks all day like I do right now, but maybe I'm, you know, managing people and helping them grow in that way. So I think I've just had a really unique career experience so far um, and I'm excited to see what that looks like as I continue, you know, learning about how to run a business and how to, you know, pivot when when unexpected things happen like a global yes. pandemic. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, yeah, just kind of taking taking that, you know, that experience of everybody rolling up their sleeves and grinding every day and seeing how how big we can grow it. Nice. Well, if, if somebody's listening and they want just more information on, you know, they, they, they're kind of at a crossroads and not sure about college or not sure about, you know, what they want to do. And they want to, it sounds interesting, you know, as far as, as practice and, and training and entrepreneurship, where, where can they go to um, find more information about what you do? Yep. Our website is discoverpraxis.com. Okay. I uh, know put a link in the show notes. That's really easy. Is there anything else, any other words of encouragement or wisdom that you have you'd like to throw out before we, before we shut it down for the day? Um, man, I think just, uh, kind of quip of, you know, learn to, to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that, that applies to both physical and mental things. Um, when you start to feel that, like, discomfort of I'm getting a headache because I can't figure this problem out, um, you know, push for a little bit longer, um, you know, try to, to grow your brain and exercise it the same way you do your heart and your lungs and, and your muscles. That's good. Kind of like when in running, embrace the suck. Yes. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. And, and, uh, I, I, I've enjoyed the, just those those lessons that you've gleaned and teach others and um yeah just appreciate you being on here and sharing and i'll definitely put links to your information in the show notes so people can get in touch with you learn more about praxis perfect thanks so much for having me on i really enjoyed it